Were you an Oceanic Flight A15? About a week ago from Sydney. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so was I. Wow, what a coincidence. Yeah, listen, you mind if I join you while I wait for my order? You're my guest. Ooh, that is a lot of chicken. Are you when I'm depressed? Ah. So what's her name? I met a girl on a blind date the other night. And you didn't, it didn't go how you'd hoped. Hmm. She's totally awesome. Except for one thing, she's crazy. <laughs> well, all women are a little bit crazy, brother. No, this one actually lives in the loony bin. I mean, I saw the van. She's full on nuts. I mean, she started saying, but then she told me that we already knew each other. And that, I'd remember. Tell me something. Did you believe her when she said she knew you? Yeah. Kinda. You know, I say go with your gut. You know, maybe you should... You should try to find out where she thinks she knew you from. Before you give up on her. 42? Order 42? Ah, uh, that's me, brother. Well... Ah... Uh, it was nice bumping into you. Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. Today, we are covering Lost Season 6, Episode 12, Everybody Loves Hugo. Yay. Uh, There's so much about this episode I forgot. Oh, how about Michael? The minute he showed up, I was like, holy shit, Michael's in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Jumping right into it. Jesus. I Well, that's like the first thing that you see. Well, yeah. And uh, Okay, so hold on. Pause on that. We are a spoiler-filled podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> we have never jumped immediately into it that quickly before in 101 episodes of this podcast. <laughs> we have never been like, "Uh, holy shit. How about this?" Never happened. So history is being made, even still uh, 100 episodes in. <laughs> um, hopefully you guys are excited. I'm taking a step back for a minute. Um, yeah, you are. I, I hope people are excited about the announcement we made last episode in the next show that we're covering. Uh, haven't really heard much yet from listeners as to whether oh, or not okay. they're excited. We're doing it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so i Hopefully you stick with us. And I know there are a number of people who don't watch Lost uh, who will be stu- who will begin listening when we yeah. start covering Ted Lasso because they've already told me like mm-hmm. they've they've been like, oh, we've been waiting for a reason to rewatch like this is the reason. So cool. 
we might lose some people, but we're going to gain a lot. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, That's okay. Because the next show we cover after that, we'll have all new ears then too. Yep. So totally fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I want to also make mention to some new stuff coming in the world of like Wilhelm and revisited. Uh, there's going to be a Patreon launching within the next week or two. Um, and that's basically just to help support the show. It, Kristen doesn't pay for anything. Um, and I'm not saying that as a criticism <laughs> like this. I, I literally pay for everything to keep both of these podcasts uh, on and going. Um, it's not cheap. So this basically to kind of like help offset costs. Sample, uh, supplement or sup yeah. yeah uh, to kind of help support the show and, and offset the costs of it. You know, maintaining the website, maintaining the equipment, maintaining, you know, the feeds and, and all that stuff. So it's going to be coming soon and it's not going to be like deeply detailed. Like where some of these patrons want you to like, Oh, it's $25 a month. It's like, no, I'm keeping it simple. Couple bucks a month. If you want to support us. Great. And if not, you don't have to, it's, it's right. not a requirement to listen. We hope you still continue to listen regardless, uh, whether you, uh, whether you support or not. Now. That's so nice. I would support you. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, but we, I am going to offer some perks for when, for people who do, uh, there'll be a couple different levels. Um, you might get to, you might get a personal shout out every episode of the podcast. Um, <laughs> I might start posting some of our recordings as in like the snippets before we start actually recording the episode <laughs> for like fun little behind the scenes stuff. Uh, they, None of it's they, fun. <laughs> that's not. No, it's a, all that's fun. not. It's true. all. It's, it's all gold. <laughs> it's how we came up with movie swap for Wilhelm. That's true. That's true. You know, true. movie swap from Wilhelm came out of that. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of we might post a lot of that stuff to the Patreon just so people get a little bit more exclusive content and things like that. So, uh, more information coming on that in the next couple weeks. So look for that. But that being said, you're right. Spoilerful podcast. We're going to talk about things that have happened. There's always a chance we might talk about stuff that's yet to come. You have been warned. That said, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, Revisited 101, Lost, Season 6, Episode 12. Everybody loves Hugo. I Man, there's a lot to, to, uh, to do in this episode. There's a lot to do. <laughs> to talk about. To talk about. You got a long to-do list. It's very early. Yeah, I, is, know, I know. It is earlier than when we usually record. Uh -uh, My, we're only 10 minutes off at this point. We're usually getting on within 10 okay, minutes. Okay, all right, all right. And all then right. we have our hour warm-up. Yes. <laughs> That's why so, we needed to start at 9 a.m. Yes. Um, it's earlier than usual. So my brain is still kickstarting. So apologies. Although... For the times that we've recorded in the afternoon, what's my excuse during, during those times? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I, where do we want to start? I don't know. I'm just <laughs> listening to it at this point. Um, well, let's start. Let's, let's go back and talk about Michael for a second because, you know, you see him in the very beginning of the episode and you're like, what are you doing here, man? And it's, it's revealed as we go through the episode that, you know, he is who killed Libby. And we, 
have forgotten that. I was going to say, that's not really revealed. We kind of knew that. No, no, but we have forgotten that. That happened all the way back in season three or in season six at the end. You know, you see Michael and you're like, what are you doing here, man? Because Libby hasn't been introduced yet into the episode. And, you know, for some reason, Michael's talking to to Hurley and uh, giving him directions on what to do. And then we see in the flash sideways that Hurley's at a blind date. And all of a sudden Libby sits down mm-hmm. and, you know, if you're a, if you're a shrewd, uh, lost viewer, or you've been paying attention or following along on the podcast, you're like, oh, well, clearly Michael's here because Libby's here and you can make that connection. And then you remember, it's kind of fun because then you remember their past, just like Libby's trying to do with, uh, Hugo is trying to get him to link up and remember his past with her. So it's it's a nice little exercise in in memory for for the viewer, I think. Yeah, and and kind of tacking on to that with everything with Michael because we we kind of touched on it a little bit that I remember like there's a lot again we're at a point in the season in this series where there's a lot that we don't remember and mm-hmm. we're kind of re-experiencing all this stuff, which is great. I'm yeah. having so much fun being that. And this episode was, there were two big, th- actually three things that I rem- suddenly remembered that I had completely forgot. One of them was Michael. I totally mm-hmm. forgot Michael. I forgot Michael even came back. Because we had talked about everybody who ends up in that church at the end and how Michael is not one of them. And we right. get the answer to that mm-hmm. in this episode as to stuck. why is that, that. Well, not only that, but so in addition to that, totally forgot that Desmond falls down the well, <laughs> pushed down the well. I kind of remembered it as it was happening. As that scene is playing out, I'm like, oh, I think I remember Locke pushes him down the well. And then it happens. And then we get to the end of the episode and we see Locke in the wheelchair. And I'm like, oh, that's right. Desmond is the one that hits him. And then that all plays out. So these were like three kind of big things that I totally forgot about. Mm -hmm. Or there were at least elements of that I forgot about. Michael, I forgot about totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, it's funny because like you, everybody loves Hugo. You think that you're going into a Hugo centric episode and for, for the most part you are, but it's really also a Desmond and Locke episode as well. I think. I, I I give you Desmond. I don't know if it's a Locke episode. I I don't think that's coming until next episode. Yeah. Well, the reason why I say that is because not lock is a much bigger part than he has been in the past couple of episodes. I'll give you, it's a not lock episode. Well, but we are brought into, you know, you have the, the Desmond, you have Desmond and not lock that are kind of facing off in this, in on the Island. And Hugo comes in at the end and faces off with not lock. And then you have Desmond and not lock, at the well, and then you have Desmond running, uh, running regular lock over in the park in the parking lot. Um, so I do think that there is maybe it is just a catalyst to get us to the next episode. Mm-hmm. You know, with with who is next on Desmond's uh, remember tour. Um, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> thank you. Um, 
you know, so that's kind of nice to see that Desmond is going down a list. You know, he's like, okay, I got Hugo. Now let me go run lockover with my car. And then after I'm done with that, I'm going to go do something else. You know, it's, 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 I love the fact that Desmond has this role. Well, and Desmond is a huge part from here to the end. I mean, there's, I don't think there's going to be another episode between now and the end of this series where we don't see Desmond. Which is great because he is, I think he is the ultimate fan favorite. Um, I, th- I think, yeah, I mean, there are definitely other fan favorites from other people, but I think if you, if you polled kind of like family feud rules, if you feel, if you polled a hundred people, Desmond would, Desmond would probably be number one. Hurley with a close second. You might be able to flip those, but it would be so close. It would, it would be, be very close. And t- for me, I don't know about you, but I, I, Desmond edges out Hurley for me. I don't, mm. I don't know. We might have to. It's the sexy factor. <laughs> <laughs> you know what we might have to do is once we're finished with all of episode with all of this, um, with with covering loss. Once Jason comes back on and we talk about the finale, the two part finale, we we do have plans to do one more episode, and that's to cover new man in charge, which mm-hmm. a number of people have actually asked us to do. So we're going to do it. Um, but it, again, that's only like an eleven to twelve minute long short. It's not going to take us a lot of time to cover that. So maybe we're going to have to poll. Maybe within like the next week or two, we're going to start polling the listeners to see like maybe getting some of these where they fall. With their favorite characters. characters. Who's your favorite character? Who made the biggest arc? Like, we'll come up with some questions and we'll put them out there for people to to answer. And we'll set up a way for you guys to answer. Yeah. And then we'll go over them as we're finally wrapping up all the coverage after we finish the show and before we dive into Ted Lasso. Um, But yeah, that would be fun. You're right. I, I have it set. I'm just not pushing the button. Just don't do it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Because um, then it'll be an earworm. It'll be stuck in my head all day. Yep. Um, so I, I think you're right. I think it's very close between Desmond and Hurley as to who the ultimate fan favorite character is. But going back to my point, we Desmond is the catalyst now. He is the one that is bringing everybody together. And in mm-hmm. essence, we have one, two, three, four... Five episodes left after this one, if you count the finale as two. Mm-hmm. Um, and across the sea is the story of Jacob and his brother. So the, that eliminates that one. And then in the end is everything coming to grips. I think part one still includes a lot of the final bringing everybody together. So out of the five episodes we have left, there are only really four episodes left to bring all of this story to a close. Mm-hmm. So that's why we're going to see Desmond in all of them because it they're in the final push now. I just hope that he doesn't run anybody up. else over. I don't, I'm pretty sure he doesn't. <laughs> but what's interesting to me, now that we're talking about that, I, I know it's the end of the episode and we were skipping a lot. But that's okay. talking about that final moment, uh, Ben is absolutely right in that it does make it is kind of creepy for Desmond to be sitting in a car outside of a school. Uh, not exactly. And you're right. Don't worry. Good job, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Like you were right to approach a man sitting in his car by himself <laughs> outside of a school for a number of hours. Right. Uh, you, you were right to do that. 
Um, but what's what's interesting about it is the way this episode plays out with everything from Locke pushing Desmond into the well, um, and then and everything else that that happens with uh, not Locke. Uh, I, I said Ben pushing Desmond. Sorry, it was it's not Locke pushing Desmond into the well. It's interesting how you can perceive that scene as in this is Desmond trying to kill Locke mm-hmm. because Locke is evil. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case at all, as we're going to find out. Again, spoiler alert. He is doing this because this is what's going to reconnect Locke to Jack. Right, right, right. Yeah. But it's still pretty shocking. If you don't know what's happening and you just saw Locke or not Locke throw Desmond down a well, you almost think that like Desmond remembers that moment. Well, that's know? what I said. And, like you right. you would be meant to you would be led to believe right. that Desmond is doing this to with the intention of killing John. Right, right, right. But I guess what I'm saying is is like Yes, I agree with you, but I yeah. just I I love the fact that when you're rewatching it, you understand what's happening. Yes, you know because the first yeah. time you watch it is so jarring. <laughs> oh yeah, like, it, it's not only jarring, but but then like immediately after that, it goes to black. It goes to credit, and you're like, what? Like, you're like wait how, a minute, I gotta wait Hold now. On. <laughs> <laughs> but you're yeah, but yeah. Now knowing how the series ends and mm-hmm. everything that is actually happening, what everything is and what is happening, right. you do see it differently now. You're like, okay, now Jack and Locke are going to reconnect. Locke's going to get that surgery because that's part of everything that's happening. Right. Um, but it's funny because who else is on their way to the hospital? Son is on her way to the hospital. Locke's now on his way to the hospital. Oh, Sawyer's yeah. going to be at the hospital for some reason. I can't remember. I think Sawyer is sent there to investigate. Because of, because son has been shot. shot. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And so that's where like, he's going to meet Juliet. Yeah, it's like everybody's converging on the hospital, which is cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it's also interesting, too, keeping with that whole scene at the at the end with Desmond running over Locke with his car. It's like, well, Desmond is also aware that I'm not going to kill him because he's already dead. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't kill him. Right. So it, it doesn't matter how hard I hit him. But he's like, so happy. He's a substitute teacher. He's with Helen. Like... Like Locke is the is is like really truly living his happy ending. Well, it, but this happy ending is about to get better. Well, okay, and I and I get that. I'm just saying, like it it just sucks for like somebody like Locke to be finally like settled because yeah. he hasn't been settled since since he's been introduced as a character. No, we and we talked about that back door in that episode with him when we first <laughs> see him in the in the in the flash sideways in that he right. has come to grips with his situation and he has accepted it. Right. He's accepted the fact that he's in his wheelchair. He's accepted the fact that he is, you know, he's not there are certain things in his life he's not going to be able to do. And then it all comes cra- literally crashing into him. I know. He's <laughs> even made friends with Dr. Ben. Dr. Linus, I know. And which <sighs> And Dr. Ben is also very happy, you know? I mean, he didn't get the principal shot, but he didn't really want it. He just wanted to be able to do right by Alex, which he did. Yeah. You know, so it's just so funny to me because I feel like, you know, some of these characters, I'm like, just leave them alone. Like, let them be in their happy little purgatory self, Desmond. Please stop I, running people over. 
I did. I was a little confused, and it, it doesn't change my feeling about the episode or not. But after Desmond hits John, and Ben is the one that approaches him, Ben is like he keeps calling him Mister Locke, and I'm like, I, are you two not friends at this point? Would you well, not be calling so him John? Having having worked in a in a school, uh, some schools maintain that professionalism. Uh, I've worked in two schools, and the first school that I worked in, uh, everybody called me. Uh, by my last name. And do you think it's just force of habit that he was doing that? Um, probably because, but in this school that I work at right now, we all call each other by our first names. So it's, I think that because, and it looks like that school, the, the Dr. Linus school is a very like a more nicer school, maybe even a private school. Mm -hmm. Um, so my guess is that you do have to maintain that professionalism and be like Mr. Locke and Dr. Linus. And, um, like when the principal calls him Mr. Linus earlier, a few episodes ago, he's like, it's Dr. Linus, you know, like, yeah. So it's professional courtesy. I I don't think that it has anything to do with whether or not they're friends. And well, I mean, and that's, but, but, and I get that. I totally get the whole professionalism, you know, in the eyes of the students, you're calling each other by your, your last name, your, your teacher name. What you want the students to call you, that's what you're calling each other. I, I get mm-hmm. that. But in this particular situation where he's been struck by a car, he's possibly dying. I'm sorry. Professionalism goes out the window. And if this man's my friend, I'm addressing him as his name. Yeah, no, you know, I, I understand you know, that. But again, it's it's just habit. It's like things that you do at work that just it's like second nature. Well, that's what I mean. Do you think it's yeah. more f- just force of habit that he's so yeah. used to calling him? Mr. Locke. Probably. Probably. In this in this situation, he's just going on instinct and it's I have a teacher friend who is one of my closest teacher friends who I've never called her by her first name ever. Not even outside of Nope. Oh. Okay. It's very strange because I consider her one of my closest friends and I've never called her by her first name. Okay. All right. So yeah, so then I guess that kind of answers the question. It's kind of just force of habit. Whether you're friends or not, it's in that situation, you would still go by what you're used to doing. Yeah. So, okay. And if she ever called me Kristen, I would probably look at her like she had three heads. <laughs> Are you all right? Yeah. Are you in danger? <laughs> Blink twice. <laughs> Blink twice if you need me to rescue you. Well, that's the weird thing. Sometimes in those situations, that is how you kind of get the attention is like yeah. you do something you usually wouldn't do. Right. So if she called like you in Kristen, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like, Captain Holt says that if he uses a contraction, he's in serious yeah. peril. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's it's like, oh, like she calls you Kristen. It's like, are you in trouble? Should I call Yeah, what I do? Am I fired? <laughs> Is this the end? All right. So that kind of, so that kind of explains that then. Um, again, it didn't take away from the episode at all. No, it just yeah. kind of, when I heard it, I was like, why are you not calling him John? But now I, I kind of get it now. And they're probably just really only colleagues too. Substitute teacher and and a tenured teacher. I don't know. There's not maybe a lot per- of times that they would see each other. Maybe professional. Well, in the teacher's lounge. Right. Well, I'm never. I'm never in a teacher's lounge. lounge. Professional. So professional colleagues and yeah. you and probably nothing more. Right. So I hide in my classroom. Do you? Yeah, until it's I, time to go. Goodbye. I would, I would too. I'm not gonna lie. I like my classroom. <laughs> um, so I think that kind of covers the whole end of the episode already. The, yeah, the Desmond hitting lock. We kind of 
we covered that. Um, jumping back to Michael for a second. Yeah. Um, to kind of wrap up our, our talk about him too. I, one of the things I totally forgot that we get is we finally get an answer to something in this episode is we find out what the whispers are. Which is such a good explanation. Yeah. It's uh, it, perfect because it makes total sense. It makes complete sense in regard to the island. Mm-hmm. And it makes complete sense as to why Hurley heard them before he saw Michael. Right. And because we find out as we, we you kind of touched on a little bit earlier and that the whispers are all the people who can't move on. Right. They're the people that are stuck on the island because of something that they've done. They can't move on. They're stuck there, which explains why Michael is not in the church. Right. He is stuck on the island. It's interesting that we don't hear whispers before we see Locke, just because I understand that Locke is the man in black, but his body is still stuck on the island. It would have been interesting to see Locke as a manifestation of being stuck on the island at the same time of also having not Locke there. Um, if that makes Locke, any sense. I, it does, but Locke didn't die on the island. No, neither did Christian Shepherd. But we also find out that that's, that's not Christian Shepherd. Right, I understand that, but he was he was um he did show up when there were whispers in season 1. I but I don't think that was I don't think but yeah, he did show up but that was not Christian. No, I understand, but he he showed up with whispers. Like Jack heard whispers before he saw Christian Shepherd. Yeah, but how but I'm I'm confused in how that if would you're be You're saying if you're saying that the whispers if we're saying that the whispers mean that somebody else is about to show up that is stuck on the island, which is how it's kind of been this whole time if you yeah. w- when you think about it, Christian Shepherd is also attached to that. No, he's he's not though because that's not Christian Shepherd did not die on the island. I and the Christian Shepherd that we see is not Christian Shepherd. It's somebody taking the form of Christian Shepherd. No, I understand that. But if if we're if we're looking at the whispers being attached to the people that are stuck on the island, like Michael or like um Jacob or like Libby or uh Richard's uh wife whose name is escaping me right now, um then the whispers would also be related to Christian Shepherd in the same fashion. Okay, but how did again? How does it? How is this in regards to John Locke? Because if John Locke is being overtaken by Man in Black, just like we know that Christian Shepherd was, then the whispers should follow him around as well. Mm, I don't know. I my my whole thing on this is that I feel like the whispers are. Anytime we heard the whispers before, right before somebody appeared to them, whether it was the man in black taking the form of Christian Shepherd or whoever, whoever, my impression is that now that we know who the whispers are, that was literally, I don't think the whispers are attached to that person. I think that's the whispers warning the person that okay. somebody is about to appear. So when Jack that's heard the whispers- on the island. Yeah, but 
but again, like I'm, I'm confused as to the point you're trying to make because the whispers. So to using for an example, Jack seeing Christian and hearing the whispers before Christian appeared, not we'll call him not Christian because it wasn't Christian. That my impression of that now in knowing who the whispers are or what the whispers are of the people who are trapped on the Island and seeing Michael as somebody who's trying to help Hurley, not mm-hmm. harm Hurley. That scene with Jack, the whispers, Jack hearing the whispers was them warning Jack that Christian or the person taking the form of Christian was coming. They were never a hindrance. They were a warning. So are you saying that the whispers are a warning with Michael then? I, I, I don't, I don't know. Now I'm confused. <laughs> now I'm more confused. Well, okay. So let's take it from this. Okay. So Hurley well, says, I know what the whispers are. And he goes, the whispers, um, you're one of the people that can't leave. And I don't have the transcript in front of me or else I would read it. But it's like, you you are stuck on the island. He says, yes, I'm stuck on the island. And that's what all the, the people that show up on this island, they're all stuck on the island. He's, yes, that, that's the case. Okay, so with that in mind, then that should mean that every single time that we hear the whispers and we see somebody that we know to be dead, then that means that they're stuck on the island. Well... No, because in this instance with Hurley seeing Michael, I think this is another regard of Hurley where he is the only one who can see Michael. This is another like Jacob or Richard's wife, like where he's the only person that that can see them. Nobody else saw Christian. That we know of. There was nobody else there to 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 witness it. Hmm. Okay. These, all, right. all the other instances were the man in black taking the form of the person. This is different. Michael is different. Hurley is seeing Michael because Michael is dead. So be, like, this is just more of Hurley's ability being able to see Michael. Michael's not physically there like Christian was right. or like anybody else was. So in all the times where the person was physically there, the, the whispers were a warning this time. The whispers were just because this is part of Hurley's ability. He could hear them because okay. this is what, yeah, no, this that's is how fair. I took that's it. Fair. No, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So, I mean, it makes me, what I took from this is that this means that anytime we heard the whispers before, they were not harmful. They were actually warning the person something is coming. But because mm-hmm. they went they went hand in hand with each other that they were the whispers were warning somebody and then the person appeared we were always led to believe they were tied together and they were the same thing. But now what we learn in this episode separates them. Okay. And they are two completely different things. The whispers are the people who are trapped on the island and like Michael helping Hurley that's what the whispers were always trying to do. They're trying to make up for past discretions by helping people. Okay. This is the way I see it. And the way you okay. say, okay, makes me realize you're blowing me off. 
No, I'm not. I'm thinking about it. I'm actively thinking about it. I'm not blowing you off at all. I would I would just tell you that you're stupid. I, I, I this wish is also you, true. Yeah. You would, you would I, tell I, me I'm wrong if you thought I, I was wrong. I hope that you would understand that after so many years of friendship. Um no, 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 no. I'm just I'm I'm trying to reconcile something else in my brain while while you're talking about that because we do see uh, we do see another manifestation in this episode, and that is of preteen uh, preteen Jacob following not lock around. Um, and Desmond sees preteen Jacob. Well, don't forget Sawyer also saw too. Right. So and, and right. So I'm just trying to. There, there's two different appearances on the island in this episode. One of them is by Michael for Hurley, which is, you know, we we come to find out that he is stuck on the island, um, and he's trying to do right by by uh, by Hurley and by everybody else because of everything that he's done in the past. And I mean, his last line was, "If you see t- Libby, please tell her I'm sorry." Mm-hmm. Um, but then you have Locke or not Locke, who is completely rattled by the reappearance of Jacob in in different forms. You know, first as a young kid, now as a preteen. You know, excuse me, I have hiccups real bad right now. Um, so so it's just interesting because because Hurley is totally fine with seeing all of his dead friends, right? He's just he's used to it at this point. And then you see Notlock, who his, you know, dead brother keeps showing back up and he's completely rattled by it. Like it's the only thing that seems to really affect Notlock at this point mm-hmm. is whenever Jacob shows shows up. Well, yeah, it, it literally it does seem to be the only thing that shakes him. That rattle. And that, or- do you think that that's why he threw Desmond down the well? Um, see, and that's part of it too, is when that scene happened, my brain instantly went into why, like, Mm -hmm. I don't remember why he pushed him down the well. Is it to get him out of the way? Because like now he's trapped. So he literally left him down there to die. Is there something down there Desmond is meant to do? For not lock, and he just didn't tell him what it was. Like not lock had nothing but evil in his eyes before he did that. Like his expression totally changed. Yeah, uh, and that's why. Like it's my it's my impression that he pushed him down that well to die, mm. to leave him down there to die. But if that's the case, why didn't he just kill him? He's killed people before. Right. What is it about Desmond that he couldn't kill him? He had to leave him there. Like he had to strand him. Do you think it's like to purify the waters at the temple? But there's no water in that well. Did something splashed down. That was, I listened to that, to that, the fire, to the fire dropping twice. Okay. That sounded I, like a splash both I times. I thought I heard that too. So this, yeah, okay. Now that I'm thinking about it, this is a different well. This is not the well that Locke went down. This is a no, 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 no. Uh, What at the orchid? No. Yeah. No. This is a completely different different well well. because the building's not wasn't there. It was like a totally random well. Wait a minute. No, no. Uh, Never mind. I was going to say, is this where the the cork is? But it's not. Mm -mm. Um, because the cork is in a cave. Mm Hmm. 
Um, <laughs> I forgot about the court too j- until you just well, mentioned it. Well, we talked about that. Like, we talked about it a couple episodes ago. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, I I realized that yeah. I did. <laughs> the court. I forget the, in the moment. Yeah. No, the court. So many a, things. That that's in a cave. Um. So yeah, I don't remember what this well is. This must be a new location. Yeah, I don't think that we've seen it yet, and I think that we'd get we eventually get more information on that well and across the sea. You're probably right. Yeah, you're you're probably absolutely right. We're gonna find because we're out. we have to build to that episode. We have to have enough mystery about Jacob and the Man in Black that there's gonna be payoff with across the sea eventually in a couple of weeks. Yeah, because we have three more episodes before we get across the, across the sea. Okay. Yeah, three week three weeks from now is when we'll we'll get to across the sea. Okay. Um. Which is the penultimate to the penultimate, <laughs> if, if that makes sense. It does. Because we get more story over the next two episodes of bringing everybody together. We right. get across the sea, which is kind of a break, and it's going to the backstory. And then we wrap it all up. And then it's what they died for into the end, into the two-part right. finale, and it's and, and we're out. And then it's over. That's all she wrote. Yep. Um, um, so, yeah. So, I, I'm... I don't know. I I'm, I think I'm, it's a wait and see for me with that. Well, because again, if, if you're right, what is the purpose of that? What was the purpose of pushing Desmond down that well other than to because if he wanted him dead, he could have just killed him. Right. I, like, or is there something about Desmond that he can't kill him? How about, I, mean, I mean, he could be like Bruce Banner at this point. <laughs> He's taking on enough electromagnetism. Right. He's just all gamma at this point. (laughs) (laughs) He's all gamma. You don't want to see me angry, brother. (laughs) Sorry, that's a horrible. He would have been a perfect Hulk. It would have been a horrible. That was a horrible impression of Desmond. I apologize. Brother. 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 Oh, I did like it that he. um, So we are supposed to assume that Desmond has his memories back in the flash sideways, right? For the most part, I think so. Yes. Because he tells Ben, his son's name is Charlie and he doesn't have, mm-hmm. he's he doesn't not married and he doesn't have a son in the flash sideways, but he's already met Penny. And I think he's already gotten his flashes of memory back when they touched or something like that. I think we're I think we're kind of led to believe at this point that he has the list, he has the manifest to mm-hmm. everybody Obviously. on this plane. Um he's going and I think it's probably the more of these people he sees and he interacts with, the more he remembers. Okay. Um he's already connected with Charlie. With, he was very quick with what his son's name was. Mm-hmm. Very quick. Like and Ben hadn't even finished asking the question. And he's already connected with with Charlie and Penny. So he's got enough between those two people to realize like he ends up with Penny and they name their son Charlie. Right. So, yeah, he's got the not Penny's boat memories. Yes. So I think he's I I think he remembers enough Mm -hmm. at this point. And he's probably still remembering new things, but he doesn't remember them until he interacts with those people. Right. But he's already interacted with the people he needed to interact with to know he has a son named Charlie. <laughs> right. So he's got those memories back already. Okay. Well, because look at it. Because look at the memories that Hurley gets back when he kisses Libby. 
It's all his memories of Libby. Right. It's not memories of everybody else. It's his memories of Libby. So I think when these people interact with each other, those are the parts that come back. So Desmond remembers more and more as he goes to meet all these other people. Mm. Okay. That's that's my theory. That that I disagree with just because I think that they they do have all their memories because you look forward you look forward to the church and they all know each other in the church. They're all excited when somebody else comes through the door. They're all together. So I think that maybe they initially just get their memories of that other person, but my guess is that it comes to full fruition at least by the time that they're all in the church. Okay. All right. That's fair. But we'll just have to see more because as not remembering Michael has told me how little I remember of the last like six episodes here. Well, because, well, and also don't forget Jack and Locke have already interacted with each other and they have no memory of each other. But they didn't touch each other. Mm, I don't know if that's true or not. He gave, he gave, Jack gave Locke his business card. But other than that, they didn't shake hands or anything. Yeah, they never kissed. (laughs) (laughs) I I would just love to see Locke come up and just lay one right on Jack and be, and Jack's like, why? Oh, oh, I remember. (laughs) Desmond talking to, talking to Mrs. Whitman, talking to, uh, Mrs. Whitmore or whatever her name is. Um, Eloise talking. Eloise talking to Eloise. Like you need to get these people to kiss Desmond. Oh, this is going to be awkward. (laughs) Especially if Kate walks in. Oh, Sawyer Um, and Jack. How am I going to get them to connect? It's okay. Sawyer can just punch him. No, if they have to kiss. No, that's just as intimate. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It's a punch to the kisser. Ha ha. Oh, ha ha ha. Lips, you are hilarious. Lips meet fist. That's a kiss. <laughs> um, it was <laughs> nice to see Libby again. Yeah, Cynthia Watros. Uh, great to see her come back. And I think, do we or do we not see Anna Lucia again? I think we do. I sure hope so, because I love her. Uh, yeah, Michelle Rodriguez, I know. I think we do see her again. I can't remember. Um. Let's see. Going back to my... I thought it was really sad while we're talking about Libby. I I did think it was really sad the moment in the beginning with Hurley visiting her grave. And he's talking to her and he's mentioning like how all these people come to visit. He's like, I really wish you would come and visit. I know. But she's not stuck. I don't think they have to be stuck in order for them to talk to Hurley because Charlie's not stuck. On the island, though. Well, Richard's wife was not on the island. She was never on the island. Yes, she no, she wasn't. Exactly. Her necklace was. Yeah, but I don't think Hurley's ability is not constricted to the island. Because remember, he saw Charlie off the island. Anybody who's passed can visit Hurley. The question is why hasn't Libby? I think after this episode, though, now it's going to be like they have established that it's people that are stuck on the island are going to be I, on no, the island. I, I, I think you're confusing that whole thing. No, from here on. I don't think on, that's the case. All right. 
But but again, from here on on from here on out, maybe. But then why hasn't Libby visited until now? Libby could have could have visited him when he was in the mental institution, like Charlie did. Her, Libby could have visited at any point. Because she at was this time. also in the mental institution when he was. No, I'm talking off the island. Once the Oceanic Six get off, and Hurley is in the institution, and Charlie comes to visit. That was post everything that happened. That was post okay. Libby dying. That was post Anna Lucia dying. This is they were already rescued. So why didn't Libby visit him then? I don't know. Charlie did, but that's what because I'm saying. I think she you're, was busy. There were scheduling conflicts. I think you're confusing this whole they have to be trapped on the island thing. I no, I'm not. I'm not confusing I, anything. I, I think you're, you're confusing everything. I'm not. I think you are connecting two things that are not connected. I think I, you're wrong. I, I, <laughs> I know what you're saying, though. I know what you're saying about Libby being dead and not visiting when they were the Oceanic Six off the island. Yes, I understand what you're saying there. However, she probably just didn't visit because it wasn't essential for her to visit. Charlie only visited because he needed to get Hurley to go back. Okay. I, all right. I, again, I don't know. I, so it, I don't so know. it needs... so. They need to have a reason to visit. Maybe. I, I don't know. I, I don't. Think, I don't know either. I think it was probably scheduling conflicts of the actress. Yes. Well, that's probably so, what it is. I hear, that they, I hear that no matter what your star power is, you just <laughs> if, if you can't make it, you can't make it. <laughs> Let's not touch on that subject <laughs> right now. Well, which, then let's go which over if to- anybody, If anybody's confused by that comment, we're not going to get into it. Just go listen to the latest episode of Movie Swap, and you'll <laughs> get the total no, explanation that, that's and, out of you. and that's debate out on of you. that element. Okay, so we're going to go back to Richard. <laughs> because Richard doesn't have his wife's necklace on in this episode. Did he put it back on or did he pop yeah, it? Been prominently on him, like over his clothes ever since uh, Abiturno. Okay. So do, he doesn't have his necklace. Do you think that's continuity or do you think there's something with Richard that there's a reason he's not wearing it? I think Richard is acting insane right now. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, it has to have something to do with it because he has not been this irrational the entire time that we have known him as a character. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting, too, because even in all of this, you're right. He's very irrational right now. And even in this, even after, you know, reconnecting with his wife through Hurley and, and all of this, he is still on the Jacob was horrible bandwagon. Yes. Because when Hurley <clears throat> fakes talking to Jacob... And calls Hurley out on it. And he's like, well, that's that's just it. Like, because Jacob doesn't tell you anything. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still adamantly against Jacob at this point and feels everything he did for Jacob was wrong. So really, in, in, in a sense, what did talking to his wife actually do other than calm him down for the moment? Yeah, I don't know. Because I, he's still I, acting I incredibly yeah, irrational. You make a very good point. He is. He is. And it's funny because Jacob has told people what to do. He never told Richard what to do, but he has told people what to do. 
he has given them instructions in the past. It's, Look at Alana. Yeah. Well, also Hurley. He's given Hurley specific instructions as well. Um, so I think that Richard's crisis of faith is like, has devolved into like a downward spiral of his mental psychosis. I, you know, what's interesting too, and this kind of clicked with me a little bit is that Richard needing like adamantly needing to blow up this plane because this is what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. Who does that remind you of? Jack. Jack. <laughs> exactly. That was Jack with the bomb last season. And Jack is still trying to reconcile that mistake in his head, which is brought up this episode. Yes, so maybe he he's looking it. at Richard and he's like, dude, you're crazy. Is this he's, how I looked? <laughs> he sees a reflection of himself in Richard right now because he even says like after Juliet's death, like I, I questioned everything and right. I wondered why. And, and he, and he even says like, and then I kind of took a step back and was like, why? Like, I'm obviously I'm very much paraphrasing. Um, you know, he says like, maybe that's the point is that I'm just not supposed to question it. And which is why we've got, we're getting a very different Jack right now. Cause you're right. He is trying to reconcile with the mistakes he made. And he sees that Richard is going down the same path that he once went down. No, it's almost like the two of them switched personalities. Which makes a lot of sense that when the group splits, Jack goes with Hurley. Yeah. He's not going to follow the same path that he once went down before. Yeah, that's a, actually that's a very shrewd observation. I I completely agree with that. I do like it that Jack admits to Hurley goes, "It is going against every fiber of my being yep. not to jump into action, but I obviously make mistakes." So yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. Yep. And, and that's real growth. That right there, that's real growth. Good job, Jack. Way to go. And I will tell you, too, one of my favorite scenes from this is that moment where Hurley is lying about talking to Jacob when he tell like after the Black Rock has exploded and, and everything, which was great. Um, when he's pretending to talk to Jacob and Richard calls him out on it and Hurley just steps forward to be next to Richard yeah. and just says like, like if, if you know, if you're not going to listen to me, like there's no point to any of this, right? He's standing up to Richard. He's in standing that moment. up period. Like yeah. he has been so passive for so long that it's so nice that his assertiveness is almost seen as aggressive. But also all he's aggressive. doing, yeah, right. But all yeah. he's doing is just finally putting his foot down and being like, no, man, I know what I'm talking about. It's time for you to step down. Yeah. But without like saying it, and he doesn't do it to embarrass anybody or embarrass Richard. He walks up to Richard, just like you said, he walks up to Richard and he's like, you know, I, I don't have to prove myself to you. Yeah. That's just, what it is. Just that's to let you says. know. Yep. I don't have to do any of that. And the way he does it too is you're right. It's 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 aggressive, but it's not overly aggressive. Like he's not even he's still facing front. He's front. being totally assertive. Yeah. He's not facing Richard. He's facing right. forward. Right. And he's just kind of side talking to Richard. Right. As in, like, he doesn't want everybody else to know what he's saying. 
Right. He wants to make his position firm and known to Richard. Right. And that's it. Yep. Doesn't need to make a doesn't need to make a scene to everybody else. I need to make a point to Richard. Richard's the one I'm going to make the point to. And I, like it was in that moment that I was like, "Good for fucking Hurley!" Like, well, it's about time. Yeah, it's yeah. it only took six seasons, five and a half seasons. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of growth out of Hurley in this season too. I mean, in mm-hmm. this episode, because the whole Black Rock thing, when he tells Richard, like when he tells everybody, like, "No, Richard's right. We need to go," and it was all just a ploy so that he could get there, right, and just get rid. Of all of that dynamite. Like, this dynamite is going to continue to be an issue. We just saw Alana go boom. Oh, uh, Arnst style. <laughs> Arnst. <laughs> yeah. The moment, <laughs> which, it's so funny because I had a feeling it was happening in this episode when she said she had the dynamite. And I'm like, oh, I yeah. think this is the, the episode where we lose Alana. It's all corroded. Like, she shows the dynamite. And I'm like, that is, that that doesn't look great. Well, and then the whole time I'm like I'm watching that scene and the whole time she's loading those water bottles into the into the bag and I'm like should you be doing that and then when she drops the bag I was like here it is and boom, boom. <laughs> yeah that was great and, and then Alana. pieces of her seem to fall down <laughs> you got a little Alana on you um, oh, yeah well who but else? like so who was there in that moment because Sawyer wasn't there and I think Sawyer was Sawyer the one that saw Arnst blew up blow up uh, is he there? Yeah, yeah. So I think I'm pretty sure Sawyer was there because I feel this, like yeah, that was a this Sawyer time moment. it was this time it was Jack, Son, and Lapidus. Okay, Hurley was there when when Arnst blew up because he yeah. had Arnst on him. Yes. Poor Hurley. Yeah. Poor Hurley. He's just but like he, everybody. Like blows up in front of me. But we are seeing a true step forward in Hurley becoming this island's protector. In yeah. that. Or protector of the island, not island. Well, it's it works both ways. Same thing. But he he sees an opportunity. Richard is still adamant that he wants to go back and get this dynamite. So what better way than just get rid of the dynamite? Mm-hmm. So let's just like I'll go with Richard. What Richard's doing is right, but I'm going ahead and I'm just getting rid of it. And then <laughs> I love Miles. He's like little warning early would have been good. And he's like, I told you to run. I, that was my favorite part is when he's running out of there and then the whole thing blows up and you see his neck like snap back real quick and then he falls forward. And I'm like, oh, Hurley, don't kill yourself. <laughs> but the he's interesting like, run, get out of the way. But the interesting thing what is though that the reason if you think about it, the reason why Hurley did that is because with Richard stepping forward to be the one to do it, Hurley knows this dynamite will not kill Richard the same way it does everybody else. Right. Oh, that's true. So he now has to step in and do something. You want to talk about someone that's so stuck on the island. And he puts his... Yeah. Well, I mean, have we have we determined yet that Richard can die now? I don't, I think, I don't think he can. I think he no. still cannot die. Yeah. No, because oh, yeah. he, he he can't die because he already tried to test it after that's right. Jacob died. Yeah, because that's what that was how Jack was testing his faith. Right, was <laughs> he sat there with Richard? Yeah, and let the fuse burn. That was an intense moment for a first time watcher. Right. Um, let's see. We talked about Michael. Talked about Libby never visits. Um, 
we got it. We got this episode whole kicks off with a nice little uh, Pierre Chang moment. Well, that was nice. I liked that. And and it was an immediate mic drop. Right. We'll, we'll have to wait and hear Steve's voicemail to. Uh, right. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's in there. Oh, it has to be. <laughs> I'm sure he's starting his voicemail with a mic drop. Mic drop. Everybody loves Hugo. Um. <laughs> yep. Oh, I also liked it that Jack asked Hugo who he was talking to. Like, it wasn't Hugo, why do you look weird? Or Hurley, why? Like, it looks like you're talking to yourself. Jack's just looking at him having a conversation with an invisible source. And he's like, who is it today? Who are you talking to? Yeah. But again, that that goes into the the progression that Jack has made as a character now into this point in that he has full belief that Hurley is not crazy. Hurley actually is talking to these people and it's multiple people. He's Jack's bought into it now. He, he believes which is, it, which is great. But it also, I think that Jack's acceptance of Hurley talking to invisible dead people gives Hurley more confidence in his abilities and his abilities as a potential leader. Yeah. He, Hurley has more confidence now because people like Jack believe in him. Right. Um, you, you know, he, because people never did before, but Hurley has like, people And, that and you see that even now. in his flash sideways, his mother, like, I don't know if you saw when everybody's giving him a standing ovation when he's his getting his His mother's kind of like, uh She's like, rolling yeah. her eyes and yeah. she stays seated and doesn't even applaud her own son getting a man of the year award. Like, like well, acceptance I mean, for him, I th- I think acceptance for Hugo is, you know, obviously just people that accept him as who he is, and not e- and and his parents have really never done that. I mean, you look at his relationship with his family over the course of the six seasons that we've seen him; they don't really understand him, and they don't try to understand him. Even when he comes back with Saeed, who is who is under drugs and um, whatever, I think his mom still calls the cops on him. I, I know his father helps. His father helps, but mainly I think his father helped because he needed to get this out of his life, you know? He wanted his life to go back to him, like, falling asleep on the couch with caviar on his, uh, on his little side oh, table. Sam, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you're right. Like, Hurley's family, the more we kind of see them, we know how much Hurley loves his family, but the question really is, did they really love him that much back in return? Almost like they were embarrassed by him. Like, yeah. they were ashamed of him. I was literally just about to, to oh, use okay, the cool. word embarrassed. No, you you beat me to it, and rightfully so, because that like I was literally thinking the same exact thing. as like, maybe they were embarrassed of Hurley. But how sad is that? You know, that's just so sad to, to feel... shame like that from the people that made you. Well, it doesn't make me feel any worse now about the fact that Hurley's the one that ends up on the island in the end. Um, He needed to kind of accept himself for who he is and his abilities before he started leading anyways, you know? So I think that the journey for him off island was him kind of coming to terms with kind of who he is and what he's really capable of. And then he kind of dips his toe in the water with leadership. You know, this whole season we've seen him just kind of like experiment with with being firm. And now we're really seeing like a confident leader kind of start to emerge 
well, in this episode. Only, and not only that, but one of the things we've talked about in all these flash sideways is that there's a, there are elements of these people's life that they have to accept mm-hmm. before they can move on. Right. And Hurley's, we kind of see it a little bit when he's in the Mr. Clucks and Desmond walks in and he's sitting there like munching down on a bucket of chicken. And he says it flat out. I eat when I'm depressed. I know mm-hmm. how that is because I do the same fucking thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, we see all of that and we kind of that kind of came from the whole conversation with his mom about how you need a woman. You you don't have everything you want because, you know, because you don't have somebody in your life like that. Hurley's acceptance comes very quickly in this mm-hmm. episode. It's not drawn out. And it's Libby because you're right. Hurley needed someone to accept him as he is for who he is, mm-hmm. not what he's worth, not what he gives. He needed somebody to accept him as he is. And Libby right. was that person. Libby says like when her, when they're sitting on the beach, finally having their date and Hurley says, why would you even like anybody like me? And she's like, because I just like you. I like you. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was right. the acceptance that Hurley needed. Hurley can move on now. Hence the kiss with Libby and now having recollection of everything that was their previous life. Well, they have to go and make the church available now, you know? Of course it's Hurley that is going to be the first one that like kind of magically realizes everything because now he goes to make a place for everybody else. Yeah. Which is kind of a biblical reference, so that's very strange, but <laughs> I'm not saying that that Hurley is Jesus by any any stretch because that's what Jesus does before he leaves for the second time. He says, "I go to make a place for you um, for people that are eventually going to die and and you know come to heaven." So there's so many weird biblical elements of this show. It's it's very interesting. Well, I think it's kind of hard to avoid when you're talking about shows that deal very heavily in life and death and afterlife. Right. Um, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of difficult to avoid. Um, even for somebody like me who's not religious at all, y- you kind of can't avoid the, the topic of conversation sometimes when mm-hmm. it comes to religious imagery and, and such. So um, I, I don't hate it. Again, I'm not religious, but I don't hate the fact that they're bringing religion into it. I mean, right. hell, we... Before the pandemic, we were talking a lot about Manifest and the, the show Manifest, where we would spend a couple minutes at the end. Manifest <laughs> the, minutes. Manifest minutes. That show went very biblical. So biblical. By like, the end. Yeah. But I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed the show for what it was. So I'm not against religious imagery. I just don't practice it. That's that's what it is. Um. So yeah, so Hurley's acceptance and come to grips with everything happens in this episode and it happens very quick Mm -hmm. because I really don't think there was anything else Hurley was looking for in life other than acceptance. No, he was looking, he had everything that he ever needed. Even before he won the lottery, he still, he was happy like doing, he liked working at the chicken place. He liked his friends. He, you know, his biggest problem was trying to talk to the girl at the record store. You know, like he had, he had a life that he was pretty happy with. He felt shame because his, his mother thought that he was a waste, you know, but him finding acceptance through Libby for who he is gives him confidence to kind of 
emerge as a leader now. So yeah. it, it's it's fun to see because as he remembers his memories in the flash sideways and goes, you know, to cross over, a new Hurley kind of also emerges in this episode, kind of like he is now, he has completed that link. And so yeah. now he's ready to usher everybody through this next part. And he doesn't even realize it on the island th- that that is the connection being made. It, mm-hmm. That's, I don't know if that makes any sense, but. No, it, it makes total sense. And it's okay. kind of, kind of taking a step back for a minute too. Um, you know, going back to Hurley's family life and such, like, it's so sad to think that this is a vicious circle that Hurley was stuck in uh-huh. because his mother was constantly criticizing him for being a waste. She would mention his weight constantly. Right. I mean, it was even part of the reason why, like, that balcony collapsed and that sent him to the mental institution to begin with was mm-hmm. his was his weight and his weight being an issue and his mom constantly doing that. But his mom constantly criticizing him drew him into depression, which is what caused him to eat. Which is funny because in the flash sideways, in the first few episodes, I can't remember if it was the first or the first few episodes, when he says, when he tells somebody, I think it's Locke, that nothing bad ever happens to him, that he's just, he always has good luck. You know, he won the lottery, he is successful at the chicken place, you know, he seems super happy. But then when we get right down to it, his mother is still his mother. And his Mm -hmm. mother is still the underlying reason for why outwardly he says everything's great, everything's perfect. But on the inside, he's still unsure, insecure, Um, you know, so, so it, it's also kind of like a, another, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like parallel to you know, the, the, what is it? The sad clown, right? People that mm-hmm. look like they're happy and they've got everything together, but on the inside they're, they're miserable. It's, I mean, it's, it, it's what's commonly known as the comedian syndrome. Right. In that, I mean, sad clowns are a good way to put it as well, because it's the same kind of way. I mean, and using one of my heroes as a prime example is Robin Williams. And it's, right. it's one of those situations where they say like 90% of comedians out there are, incredibly depressed right this is just their way of kind of of going oswald openly talks about it Mm -hmm. he he openly talks about his depression and how it comes in and out um and he uses it as his comedy a number of people do john mulaney is another one who yes who's gone into drug use and addiction and he's very open about it now and talks about it and i think that that's healthy to do you know if only robin williams felt well, so Robin Williams had some other had other had another disease developing that kind of prevented him from kind of talking about right. it. Um, not to go that deep into into his story. I've I've read the book on Robin. I've anybody who knows me knows I've been the man's been my hero pretty much my entire life. Right. Um, which is, and 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 I'm not and, and I'm not looking to go into like a real deep dive on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I I just. I'm saying that, you know, people that outwardly look like they have it all together oftentimes don't. don't. Oftentimes don't. Yes. Right. Exactly. It, and I yeah. think that's, that completing uh, or resolving Hurley's inner insecurities in the flash sideways completed him on the island. Well, you're right, because the two things that he seemed to never have in his life before and early on in the flash sideways, which you mentioned are confidence and 
Acceptance. Acceptance are two things that he has both in the Flash Sideways at the end and on the island. Mm -hmm. He has people like Jack who are accepting him now for who he is, accepting Mm -hmm. what he can do. And then he has confidence in those moments where he's stepping up to Richard and being like, you don't have to believe what I'm telling you. Right. You know, how about Lapidus that's just sitting there on the beach watching everything happen? And Richard's like, everybody come with me. And Lapidus is just sitting there shaking his head like the whole time. He's like, I'm not going anywhere with you. Are you out of your mind? I noticed that, too. Like everybody's sitting there listening to to Richard talk about how we need to do this. And you're right. Lapidus is like, nope. He's uh-uh. just shaking. He's shaking his head literally the entire time. And I don't know if they just use the same take in different ways, you know, but it's <laughs> hilarious how Lapidus is just spinning the whole the whole scene shaking his head like, no, I'm not. No, absolutely well, not. Well, I'm with that guy. Well, because Frank's got a good head on his shoulders. He's right? not dumb. <laughs> he knew not to get on the fucking plane the, on the original kit, on the original crash. Yeah. Frank is a smart well, guy. Like, I, I mean, I. I love Lapidus too. I'd like. I do too. Uh, uh, it's one I, of my faves. <laughs> I can't. What for the life of me, I can't think of his first name. But Faye, he Frank. is. No, his, no, no, his real first name. Oh, Terry. Um, he looks like a Terry. I can't. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> he looks like a Terry. <laughs> it does. All right. Um, he looks like a Terry. It, Jeff, Jeff Fahey. I knew Fahey was his last name. I couldn't think of it. Um, Jeff Fahey, yeah. That actor's fantastic. I love that. He could be a Jeff, too. That, that tracks. He looks like a Terry. Um, he does look like a Terry. Come on. <laughs> My name is Terry. Yep, you look like a Terry. Who? So I love... We haven't talked about it. So I, I want to make quick mention, too, that uh, Desmond's order was order number 42. Oh, Yeah in the in the chicken shack um i we haven't talked about him at all this episode but ben um i was really kind of disappointed in ben this episode when he goes with richard um he goes with what he knows but i did find it interesting that they were having that conversation because this is something that's been brought up before on the show and ben kind of addresses it a little bit is that you know Jacob put his trust in Alana. Alana blew up. It makes you wonder, or, or oh, because the island was done with her, makes you wonder what will happen with us when the island is finished with us. Mm. Which is kind of scary um, to anybody listening to Ben. But I don't think we question it because we know what happens to all these people. But he still is a believer in Jacob because Alana said that Jacob said Richard will know what to do. Alana blows up. Ben's going to still do what Jacob want, wanted Alana to do, which was follow Jake, which was follow Richard. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's still, I think that he's still displaying that he's still a believer because he doesn't want to blow up. He wants to remain useful. And if he thinks that he's going to remain useful by following Richard, then he's definitely going to try and be useful. Yeah, maybe. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, too, and I didn't think about it. I think you're right. He just wants to remain useful. I think that's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he wants to make, he wants to, I don't even think it's to present to everybody else that he's useful. I think he wants to feel to himself. 
Yeah. Oh no. This has not. He's never cared about what anybody else thinks. That's the one thing about Ben. He has never cared about what anybody else thinks on the island. He does what he thinks he is supposed to do every time. Yeah. Which is why, in the end, Ben's ultimate fate is he becomes Hurley's number two. Mm -hmm. He's 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 number two. He's poo poo. (laughs) Don't don't make me play it. Roses really smell like poo-poo. No. Remember, it's just poopy. It's just poopy. It's just poopy. It's just poopy. Um, ben Linus is poopy. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, Ben just wants to make him. He's only going with Richard because he wants to prove to himself he's still useful. Right. Because otherwise, he if he goes with Hurley, he's just a follower. <laughs> And if he has no more use, then he's going to... Then the island is done with him. Yeah. And what happens to him? Well, right. if you're around Hurley, you blow up, apparently. So but, I wouldn't. I would stay away from Hurley. But that's a really good point. Uh, he is afraid of what will happen to him if, if he's no longer useful and the island is done. I think that he lives most of his life in fear. Uh, but if he doesn't do that. exactly what... He is supposed to be doing like the ground is going to come out from underneath him, you know? So he he constantly has to make himself feel useful. And sometimes that's just siding with the wrong people. Right. I mean, you're going to make really bad decisions if you're not going with your gut. You're going with what you think you're supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, that's just a lesson of life right there, you know? And a good one. Yep, you got to do what's good for you. You don't you should never do ever do what you think other people want you to do. That's that's when you get into trouble. That's why middle school sucks, man, because that's <laughs> like your whole life. Is that you're just doing everything that you think you're supposed to do to like be accepted and cool. Um we've covered a lot of what I have. Oh, I have nothing else. I'm um, just kind of going off anything that you want to still talk about. The, 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 the only other thing I have, and it, this is kind of, hopefully we get a little bit more of this. And if we don't, it's not a problem because again, we've, we've discovered with this series, not every question gets answered. Right. Is Libby is pretty tuned in from the moment we see her. Yeah. I'd love to know how that happened. Yeah. That's, that's the only kind of thing that's open to me. Open-ended to me is that how does Libby, what what is going on with Libby that she kind of realizes there's already something here? Um, we we don't know what it is. We found out from Charlie it was a near, near death in death experience. Um, same thing with Desmond. It's so like, what is it about? Well, Libby? she explains it. She explains it. She says that it was she saw him in an ad. I yeah, think. a commercial. Right. And then she remembers him being there. So it was probably the fact that she saw him in a place that they had both been in in the original timeline. So maybe that was just the spark that ignited everything within Libby. I mean, maybe. And then she saw him again at the restaurant and probably everything started to get clearer. Well, I don't know. That's a great question. Yeah, I don't know. It's the only thing I'm really confused on with this episode. But again, it doesn't change anything. It's if we never get an answer to it, we never get an answer to it. It's not a big deal. Well, it's not really it. That's not the point of this series of 
of episodes. The point of this series of episodes is how do our our original cast members, our original losties get to the point that Libby is already has already uh brought herself into. Yeah. yeah. So um and then the only the, the the last thing I have is yet again another episode where Sun and Jin are not reunited. You know, for a split second, too, <laughs> I thought that this was it. And then I remembered, fuck, Jin is on a Hydra Island. Like, yep. <laughs> but it took, but I was sitting there, they're coming around the bushes, and I'm like, okay, here we go, here we go. And I said, This isn't it. This isn't it. Well, because it's the moment they get to the camp, too, like you can see, Sun is immediately looking. Yeah. That's her first priority is to find Jin. She knows he's somewhere on this island, like on somewhere here. She's immediately looking around, and then you get disappointed in your mind. It's like, nope, he's not there. Sorry, son. But Sawyer and Kate are going to be able to tell her where he is and that yeah. he is, in fact, here. Like, we're getting oh, there. We're getting there. We are getting there. We're we're getting there, but that's only Stop because it. Shh, 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 stop it. Stop. Two more episodes. Enough. Two more episodes. Enough. Don't Episode. do it. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty much it I for this. We melt this for all we can. For this episode. Uh, that leads us to feedback for the episode. Uh, yeah, next episode, season six, episode 13, The Last Recruit, which I don't remember whose episode that is. Isn't it Locke and Jack? Um, That would make sense because of uh, because of the I way mean, this episode ended. I don't know what ended. you saw, but I saw Locke fly <laughs> through the air at <laughs> the just, end of this episode. I don't know what you saw, but I saw a man fly. Um, (laughs) but we have, we'll get into that next episode, but again, that leads us to feedback for this week. And we have two voicemails for the feedback this week. Uh, first one comes from our, uh, our new friend, Jason from San Jose. And we'll play that now. Hi, Ben and Kristen. Once again, this is Jason in San Jose leaving feedback for everybody loves Hugo. Last week in my audio feedback for Happily Ever After, I mentioned that the recovery podcast that I host and produce for my 12-step group just released our 100th episode. Due to the nature of anonymity and the sensitivity of the subject matter, I will keep the name private, though probably not difficult to figure out. But this recovery podcast is a place for sex addicts to share their experience in recovery. Through honest discussion and personal reflection, we help break the stigma, myths, and misconceptions of sex addiction. On episode 18 of my podcast, I talked with my sponsee about the impact of the TV show Lost on our recovery journeys. Part of that episode, I'll be reading for feedback of the finale, the end, for this podcast. However, I will also be tying this into this week's episode. In Everybody Loves Hugo, I can really see the similarities between food and sex addictions, or if you like, eating and intimacy disorders. Part of what I deal with is intimacy avoidance, which is really similar to what I see in Hurley in this episode. The pressure from his mom to find the right girl, the pains of depression, 
the awkwardness of blind dates that all lead to Hurley binging out on food. I do the same to hide my feelings of discomfort, just in a different manner. Needless to say, as an addict, I feel the connection to Hurley here, and Charlie, who I will talk about in the finale episode. As far as mirror moments go for this episode, I am pleading the Mandela effect. I could have sworn that there was a reflection of Hurley in the menu at the Mexican restaurant. I was thinking perhaps that I saw a production still, but I couldn't even find it in the Season 6 DVDs or the Lost Encyclopedia. Anyway, the wake-up moments with Libby were just so awesome. I was so glad that she was in this episode. Again, during the first airing, I was trying to figure out just how the Flash Sideways was going to pull into the real world, completely not understanding what the Flash Sideways was. And I love re-watching the series to help see their past life remembrances as each character starts to wake up. Similar to what I mentioned last week with Eloise, Libby is another character who had an off-camera wake-up moment. And I know there are a few others coming up as well that seem to know what the sideways is. As sad as it was to see Alana go, I couldn't help but laugh a bit as she exploded. <laughs> I was really waiting for Hurley to say something like, Dude, you've got some Alana on you. Other parts of this episode, I was really glad to see Desmond on his mission. And just thinking, sometimes you have to give an encouraging pep talk, and other times you just have to run over a dude in a wheelchair. <laughs> I did not see that one coming. Anyway, I can't wait for next week's episode. And just on a personal note, if anyone out there is suffering from issues with pornography, infidelity, intimacy fears, there are 12-step programs out there to help. And I'm just really happy to be sharing the message of recovery to all those who are still suffering. So signing off, this has been Jason in San Jose. Namaste. That is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story, Jason. That um, that could not have been easy. No, I, I agree. Jason actually did send you and I the link, and I forwarded it to you already. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to um, listen to it. I'm to excited. that episode of, of Dealing with Lost. And... Um, or using lost in, in the recovery process. Um, yeah. So yeah, we're definitely Jason. We're, we're absolutely both going to listen to that episode, if not more than that episode. And um, I think, I think you gave permission to share the podcast. I want, I just want to double check with you beforehand. If it's okay, if we share the link, cause if we, if we can, we'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, for people to go check out the podcast. Um, but th yeah, thank you for sharing your story and sharing the information on the podcast. And, yes. um, and, and the whole, sometimes you just have to run over a, pr a person in a wheelchair. You know, sometimes that does have to happen. <laughs> so, I don't know why it made me think of this, but if you've ever seen the original 1966 Batman movie with Adam West and Burt Ward. No. Um, there's a moment in that movie where there's a bomb and it's literally what you expect from a cartoon bomb. It's just round with a wick and it's <laughs> he's, he's on a dock and he's trying to find a place to throw this bomb. And every time he looks over to one side of the dock, it's like little girls in rowboats. And then he goes to the end of the dock and it's fishermen. So he can't throws it there. And then he goes to the other side of the dock and there are ducks in the water. <laughs>
And he literally stands there holding this bomb and he just goes, you know, sometimes you just can't get rid of a bomb. It's so stupid. (laughs) But it makes me laugh every time I watch it. And it made me think of that when he's like, sometimes you just need to run over a guy. That's hilarious. (laughs) It's such a ridiculous scene, but it makes me laugh every time. Who cares? Um, but that, of course, leads to one more voicemail we have, which comes from our friend Steve Brown. Count the seconds until we get mic drop. <laughs> Hello, Christian and Ben. This is Steve. And I don't know, this week almost got away from me. So hopefully I'll get this in on time for uh, Lost Everybody Loves Hugo. Uh, everybody Loves Hugo. Title the episode, mic drop. There it not is. Early this time. <laughs> oh, and Miles' father is the one introducing Hugo to this crowd. Oh, how nice. And his mom said the name of the title of the episode again. Everybody Loves Hugo. Mic drop. <laughs> oh, and Hugo's mom playing matchmaker. Oh, Hugo planting flowers at Libby's grave. Oh. Oh, Michael, I told you he was on the island. You guys said he doesn't come back. But there he is. Harold Perrineau, he is on the island. Or his ghost is, anyway. Oh, there's Libby. Oh, that dynamite does not look stable, Ileana. Oh, I did not remember her blowing up. <laughs> Sawyer, not locked, talking to his wood. Well, Jack is listening to Hugo. When he, All he had to do was say, trust me. Oh, Desmond knows he was blasted with uh, EMF because it's happened before. Whoa, another huge explosion. Uh, so Hugo was lying. He didn't want them to get the dynamite. Oh, dead people are more reliable than live people. Deep, Hugo, deep. Desmond's purpose in these sideways flashes are to get people back on the right path. So this is so cool that he's he's uh, managed to get Hugo and Libby together. Oh, now they're going to go on a date. <laughs> Creepy young Jacob showing up again. Just ignore him. Just ignore him. This is an interesting, te- interesting test that Richard has proposed to Hugo about uh, claiming he's talking to Jacob, asking about uh, what the island is. And now we don't even know if he was really talking to Jacob or not, because he says, I don't have to prove anything. Oh, another one of those choice moments in this series. A group going with Richard, a group going with Hugo. Oh, and so he clearly admits that he didn't see Jacob. But Jack says, I know. Okay, Jack, you're being way too introspective. We can't use the button this episode. <laughs> Gosh, Jack. So the whispers are the people who can't move on, according to Michael. Oh, and their, de- their, date, de- their date is a beach picnic. <laughs> can't talk this morning oh i'm losing it because the kiss makes him remember oh oh there's desmond moving on to the next person in his not bmw notice how the emblem was taken out of the back the car i mean Locke says there's more than one well even though i was expecting Locke to throw him into the well i was surprised when it just happened whoa okay desmond is this one way that you're gonna get Locke to wake up in the sideways that he just hit him with your car while he's in a wheelchair and, of course, that's where it ends. But we know he's going to end up in Jack's hospital because there's only one hospital in this L.A. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> and there's only one doctor at the hospital. Apparently. Let's there's not only, forget about that. There's only one spinal surgeon. There's only one hospital in L.A. And they're Well, L.A. All, is such a small town. I know. Real small town vibes. <laughs> very, very rural. Everybody knows everybody. It's like... <laughs> And yes, Steve, we were wrong in saying that Michael never returns. Uh, but hey, you heard us in the beginning of this episode. We were just as surprised. Totally surprised. Yeah. We forgot. It was nice to see him. I mean, you know, he's one of the original reasons why I wanted to start watching the show. So. No. Oh, nice. 
always nice to see him. I don't even I remember it. the reason why I wanted to start watching the show. I think it I was think- right after Lord of the Rings came out and uh, Dominic Monaghan was still like a pretty big name because of yeah. Lord of the Rings. I, I don't know if that's the reason I started watching or not. I think I just watched the trailer and was just like, oh, that looks interesting. Yeah. So and Polar bears and a black smoke monster. Plane right? crash. Checks all my boxes. <laughs> <laughs> Pilots getting ripped out of planes by something in the woods. Perfect. Um, so thank you guys for the feedback. Obviously, we encourage everybody to leave us feedback, and there are multiple ways you can do that. First and foremost, you can go to revisitedpod.com. There you can find links to everything that we do. Uh, ways to watch, listen, subscribe, or you can email us directly in the form of email or feedback, uh, email or voicemail uh, at feedback at revisitedpod.com. Uh, check out Wilhelm at wilhelmpodcast.com. I mentioned Robin Williams earlier on. Uh, Jason from Podcastica and I are actually recording uh, our top five favorite Robin Williams movies episode uh, this this week, and it will air on... Actually, it's going to drop on August 11th, which is the nine-year anniversary of Robin's passing. That's going to be a rough episode for me to do. It'll be um, good. Jason will be there. He's a pro. Very, very true. Uh, and speaking of Jason, uh, also be sure to go over and check out podcastica.com for all the great shows over there. Uh, you got to be gearing up for Ahsoka. Uh, how, how long do we have now? Like September uh, 1st, August 23rd is when it comes oh, 20- out. Okay. Yeah. I think it's the 23rd. I know you're pretty sure because that's Kobe Bryant's birthday. I know you're Um, excited. I'm so excited. I can't wait for this show. I think it's going to be phenomenal. And I have wanted a live action Rebels since I first saw Star Wars Rebels. And we're getting live action characters from Rebels um, in the Ahsoka show. And Ahsoka's story is phenomenal. I just. I'm really, really excited. I think, yeah. And I think Filoni has pretty much come out and said, like, it's called Ahsoka, but this is pretty much Rebels. Well, anybody that has seen Star Wars Rebels knows that it it ends on a giant, uh, not cliffhanger, but like jumping off, uh, jumping off space. Like, mm-hmm. y- you could go in a couple of different directions and the show could keep on going. Um, and I'm really, really excited that they've chosen the direction that pretty much everybody has wanted since that show sto- uh, stopped. So it'll be great. Yeah. Now all I need is for the Bad Batch to be live action and we'll be all good. Man, so I, that is such a great series. What a great series, right? It's, it's, it's our favorite. I, I really, like, Rebels was my favorite until we started watching Bad Batch, and ba- I love Bad Batch. Bad Batch is so good. Um, but I did hear that some of the characters from Bad Batch are going to be making live-action debuts in, I think, either Ahsoka or future seasons of Mandalorian because they're getting the actor that played... Um, all the clones. All the clones to come back and play the part. I just like R- Wrecker. Rika! We call him Rika! <laughs> yeah, but I know you're excited for Ahsoka and that coverage yes. of that is going to be, uh, you're going to be on that with Jonathan and... James. Jonathan James. and James from the Andor podcast, yeah. Yeah, and that'll be over on Podcastica. So I am need- 
super intimidated to be on a podcast with them because they know their stuff like inside, outside, upside down, backwards. Well, well, not only that, but Jonathan is Jonathan is the type of person who has the voice that could read me a phone book mm-hmm. and I would listen to Captivated. It. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. He has the best voice. Should I- be doing voiceover work. Yes. Why he isn't, you know, he's leaving a lot of money on the table. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so go over to podcastica.com and check all the podcasts out over there, including Ahsoka coming up in a couple weeks. Yay. Uh, recommendations for the week. I don't know if you have anything, but I have one. Go. So I've recommended this show before, but I'm going to recommend it again, mainly because of the latest episode they just put out. But Star Trek Strange New Worlds is has become my favorite Trek series of all time. It is so fucking good. And you loved Picard. I, I did. This last season of Picard I, I thought was outstanding. Yeah. Strange New Worlds. So two seas two episodes ago, they did a crossover with Star Trek Lower Decks, which is an animated comedy. So they brought two of the characters from Lower Decks over and made them live action. Oh, fun. And it was the two actors that voiced them actually came over and portrayed the roles, and they were fantastic. But this last episode was a musical. Oh, my gosh. And it was outstanding. I hate musical episodes. It was, yes, but so... They took their inspiration from the musical episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Once More with Feeling, which is one of the the greatest episodes of that series. And they even threw a couple Easter eggs in of that episode in here. But this last, I've watched it three times. The soundtrack is on Spotify. I've listened to it. It is so good. It is so much better than it deserves to be. <laughs> it was just, it was so good. So check out, and the name of the episode is called Subspace Rhapsody. So it's just like Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. It, but it's, it's so good. So good. So, <laughs> okay. Check out Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It's in its second season. Actually, this was the penultimate. There's only one. The next episode is the finale. So you can season. binge it. There's and, nothing else to watch right now, so. <laughs> well, that's not true because Wheel of Time is coming soon uh, on Amazon, which actually me, Greg, and our, our friends Greg and Wendy, me, the three of us cover that on Podcastica. Nice. So our coverage of that is going to be starting back up soon as well for Wheel of Time. Uh, any final notes? Any recommendation no. from you? No, I mean, we just finished binging all four seasons of Stranger Things, so we finished last night. I want to do that again. You know, I this was my second time through uh, season four, my fourth time through everything else, but only my second time through season four. And this season four is so much, it was already a phenomenal season, but it it's even better on on the second time around. I haven't watched it a second time yet either. Do it. Only because I know how hard it hit me the first time. It's still great. I'm almost, no, I'm just afraid to rewatch it. Because I know I'm, again, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording. There are two or three moments in season four that 
broke me. Yeah. Well, every season has those, I think. Yeah, but season four had him in spades. Well, the, the whole episode with Max. Oh, where dear the, Billy. Uh, dear Billy. Yeah. Jesus, like that episode broke me, but the finale. Broke I love that finale, me. though. Two hours and 20 minutes of just yeah. pure goodness. It's so good. Yeah. I can't <laughs> wait for season five. I might have to do that. I might have to rewatch it. Yeah. yeah I can't this- wait to rewatch it again right before the final season happens, yeah. too. Um, I'll, I'll also make mention too of Kristen and I's movie swap over on Wilhelm. <laughs> we've we've been having a blast. It's that. been fun. It's been so fun. So I've got my whole family involved. I know, and it's, it's which is making it interesting because I'm like, okay, let me think of a movie that the whole family could watch. No, 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 no. You don't have to do that. You can okay. choose. You can choose non-family movies yeah. too. Because I have a, I have a number of them on my list that I'm like, nope, can't watch that one with the family. No, that's okay. I'll just tell my kids that you hate them. <laughs> that's why I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the next time I get to see your kids and be like, why do you hate us? <laughs> so, uh, all right. That being said, of course, as always, thank you to everybody listening, whether you're uh, watching on YouTube, subscribing for everybody, for just being a part of all of this. We're, we're gearing up for the end of Lost. We're really excited to get to the end, but we're excited for the next chapter, diving into Ted Lasso. Again, let us know your thoughts on that as well. Um, share the podcast. Let us know your thoughts, whatever. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! <laughs>